Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another episode of Shalom with from Shoshimim. Today is the 13th day in our quest, learning all about the holiday of Purim Bivadai, that we have 127 countries listening to Shalom with from Shoshimim. If that doesn't make sense, make sure to listen to yesterday's episode. Okay, so now I'm just going to talk shortly about, and I mean really shortly, about why we drink wine on Purim. So on the holiday of Purim, we are encouraged to drink wine as you know. So in place of the abundant wine that Achashverosh provided to ensnare the Jews, just to provide a little bit of context, we know that Chazal and that the Gemara um, paints Achashverosh in a much more negative light than the Megillah does. This is, of course, again, reference to the old Shirim, but this is, of course, because of how Achashverosh was closely watching over the writing of the Megillah, so it would be completely dangerous for Mordechai and Esther to write anything that's not so complimentary towards him. So that's why the Megillah makes Achashverosh just seems like a nice guy. He really wasn't. But in order for Achashverosh and Haman to ensnare the Jews and get them in trouble, because there's an idea that that if the Jews would go to a party and, and sin, then they then that would be the first step in destroying them is and destroying the Jewish people is to get Hashem against them and to get Hashem off their side. That was the first thing. That shows you how powerful that that these that Haman Achashverosh recognized how how powerful Hashem was because he had to he had, they had to first decide okay well if the if the Jews have have Hashem on their side then there's no way we're ever defeating them so first we got to get Hashem mad at them because we got to cause them to sin so that was their that was their first step so they used the wine as a vessel to to ensnare the Jews and to and to cause them cause them to sin, and so v'nafolchu, which we know is, is a theme of perm, is anything that was done to us, we, we reciprocated back. It came back, um, it came back better, and 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 we and we did it for a positive purpose. So that's why we drink wine, but we use it in a simcha way. We know that even though wine, when used overabundantly, can can be devastating. The effects of um, that it, uh, can have on a person's health. We know that it is used by Sheva brachas. We know that it's used every Shabbos. Wine clearly has a strong connotation to simcha. And so, what better way to represent simcha than wine? I know I said short idea, but I just started freestyling there, and I kind of like what came out. So now we are going to read the Megillah. <laughs> the Megillah. Okay, that would be that would be that would be quite the recording. We, now we are going to read Mishnah's Megillah, which is Parak Bay's Mishnah Bay's. I hope that you have your Megillahs open, or if not, just have your mind open. Kamkara Segurin, if you read the Mishnah in parts, which is to say you read some, you stop, and then you read some more. Umisnamnim, or if you read it while half asleep. But what exactly is the definition of half asleep? So half asleep, according to the Gemara, is the state in which one is neither fully awake nor fully asleep. I couldn't believe that. So half means. But if someone calls him, and this is the different part, he will answer. But he cannot give an answer that requires thought. He, if he is reminded of something that he already knows, he will recall it. That's what the Gemara says. But even in such a state, a person's intent can be clear enough to enable him to fulfill a mitzvah. So you could be half asleep, and I can wake you up in the middle of the night. I remember I had an Ivrit teacher who would always say, if I wake you up in the middle of the night, and I ask you, what is the Sharesh of this word? Or how do you say this in this tense? And she said, you guys should all get it right, because even though you're half asleep, you should still have the have the deep understanding that you should that that you should know already what to say, even if someone who's half asleep. And so the mission is saying a very similar thing. It's saying that if someone's half asleep and and they're prompted to answer a question, then they should know it. And if they're asked, Hey, why are you reading Megillah? then they should say, Yeah, because and they should give the proper reason why, because we read the Megillah, because we have a 
we have a, because we need to, because Mordechai and Esther wrote it. Even someone who's half asleep, says the Mishnah, even even that person would recognize it. And so what's this big deal? Why do you need concentration? Says the next line of the Mishnah, Haya Kusva Dorsha Umagia. If you are writing the Megillah, like if you're a sofer, or Dorsha, if you're if you're if you're a Rav or someone just giving over a speech explaining the Megillah, Umagia, or if you're correcting a Megillah that a sofer had that a sofer had written, in Kivan Libo, if you have Kavana, again. Megillah, or, or listening to Megillah, is one of the mitzvahs. It's called a mitzvah srichos kavana, a mitzvah that you need to do it with complete concentration. Another example of this is when people are making are making matzah. They have to have concentration while while they're making while they're making matzah. It's a mitzvah srichos kavana. Same thing with with lulav. You have when you're shaking your lulav, you have to know why you're shaking it. You can't just be that you take a lulav out with you to war, and it just happens to be that you shook it in the right directions on sukkahs crazy situation, but that doesn't fulfill you. have to fulfill your obligation. You actually have to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. Vihima, but if he didn't have this kavana, lo yatsa, he's, he's not, he doesn't fulfill his obligation. And so, haisa kusva besam uve sikra uve kumus uve, oh my gosh, this mission is about to a, about a murder me, uve kinkanto, kinkantum, or if it was written, if it was written in orpiment, which is a yellow dye, vermilion, which is a red dye, gum arabic, which is a tree sap, or ferrous sulfate, sulfate, which is an iron salt. I don't know why anybody would want to put any of those things in a Megillah, but if anyone decides to do that, Al-Haniyar Daftara, or if it was written on paper or unfinished parchment, we know that Torah and also Megillah has to be written on parchment, not just paper, not like tree parchment, not like tree paper, but actual parchment. Lo Yatza. He's, he does not fulfill his obligation if if it is if it, if they are reading it from something that was written with all these kooky, the different colored things, or if it was written on a on something that's not a complete parchment. However, when can you fulfill your obligation? If it's written in the Black Hebrew script that we talked about in previous episodes, Allah Sefer, it's written on parchment, or if it, and it also has to be written in black ink. And I hope that you are excited because we're now one day closer to the holiday for him. Have a wonderful day.